The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. A Pharisee invited Jesus to dine with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. Now there was a sinful woman in the city who learned that he was at table in the house of the Pharisee. Bringing an alabaster flask of ointment, she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and began to bathe his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and anointed them with the ointment. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Jesus said to him in reply, Simon, I have something to say to you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people were in debt to a certain creditor. One owed 500 days' wages and the other owed 50. Since they were unable to repay the debt, he forgave it for both. Which of them will love him more? Simon said in reply, the one, I suppose, whose larger debt was forgiven. He said to him, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? When I entered your house, you did not give me water for my feet, but she has bathed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but she has not ceased kissing my feet since the time I entered. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with ointment. So I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven because she has shown great love. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. He said to her, your sins are forgiven. The others at table said to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? But he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Afterward, he journeyed from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Accompanying him were the twelve, and some women who had been cured of evil spirits, and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, Chusa. Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. The Gospel of the Lord.
Brothers and sisters, this morning, like many of you, I woke up and I saw the news of the terrible shootings that happened in Florida today, last night. And so in a special way during this Mass, let us all pray for the victims and the family members of those who lost their lives in Orlando. And it's news like this can, that can focus our attention on the darkness of our world. For many of us, we can feel kind of hopeless in it. And it's especially at times like this when we need to go deeper into our relationship with our Lord. And that might sound like, oh, Father, like you just, we know Jesus loves us. But truly, when our faith is shaken or when we start to feel insecure, the only place to go is to the security of Jesus. Because it's our Lord who brings us peace. It's our Lord who reveals to us who we are. And when we know who we are, we can walk as children of light. And the world needs us to walk as children of light. The world needs the church to be a light that shines in the darkness. To be a beacon of hope. Our scripture says, a city on a hill. That is what our Lord has called us to, each and every one of us, to be a beacon of hope in the world, to be a sign of joy in the world, to be a light that shines in the darkness. And in order to do so, each and every one of us have to grow in our identity in Christ. We're all called to grow in our identity in Christ. There's not one of us who can say, I am fully submitted to the will of God in my life. If you can say that you've completely surrendered yourself to Jesus, let me know after Mass. I want you to be my spiritual director. For most of us, there's something more that he wants us to give to him. And it means that we constantly are working on purifying our hearts so that we can see God. And in particular this week, the readings point our attention to this idea that Jesus has said in the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure of heart for they shall see God. And when Jesus says that to us, he means that it matters right now. That that line in the Beatitudes isn't just for like when I get to heaven, I'll see God, but that I'll truly see God now. And it is precisely an impurity of heart that keeps us from seeing God that keeps us from seeing our Lord 
and it keeps us from knowing who we are. You know, in the first reading from the second book of Samuel, we have this dialogue between Nathan and David. And Nathan has already gone to David and brought it to David's attention that he had committed a grave sin with Bathsheba. David was up on his roof. He was kind of bored. Everybody was off fighting in wars, and he stayed home. And Bathsheba caught his eye. And then that impurity of heart caught hold of him. And he sent for her and seduced her and later had her husband killed in order to cover up his sin and try to keep it in the dark. And so Nathan goes to him to give him the mercy of bringing that sin into the light. And when the Lord speaks to David, he points out the fact that David had forgotten who he was. That that sin of the flesh had obfuscated or gotten in the way of him seeing who he was or remembering who he was. And so what does the Lord do? The Lord reminds him who he is. He says, I anointed you king of Israel. I rescued you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your Lord's house and your Lord's wives for your own. I gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if this were not enough, I could count up for you still more. This is everything I've done for you. This is how much I've loved you. Don't forget who you are. And David is led to repentance as our Lord reminds him who he is. And he says to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan reminds him that the Lord has forgiven his sin and he shall not die. We have to be reminded of who we are, especially to gain purity of heart. St. Paul says, Insofar as I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live in the flesh, but I live by faith. It's my faith in the Son of God that guides my life. And who is the Son of God? The Son of God is the one who has loved me and given himself up for me. Which means everything about St. Paul's life begins with the fact that Jesus loved him and died for him. Everything flows from that. We can do nothing apart from the love that God has given to us first. This is what it means to go deeper and be more rooted in the love of Christ in our lives. And the reading from the gospel is probably most interesting when we think about sins of the flesh and our identity. Because as Jesus goes and dines in the house of this Pharisee, this woman comes into the house and everybody knows who she is. She's a sinful woman. She's a prostitute. Yet she has the freedom to come into the house and stand behind our Lord and she begins to weep and anoint and wash his feet with her tears. 
And Simon the Pharisee says, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. He doesn't even think about her as being a person. He just sort of says, she is a sinner. And since she is a sinner, we shouldn't have anything to do with her. She has no identity. But in our Lord's response to her, he points out the fact that she has already received mercy. He goes through this parable talking about two people being in debt and one owing 500 days wages, the other 50. And so the one who has forgiven the larger debt would love him more. Which implies that this woman had already been forgiven her debt. And her actions towards our Lord were a response to his mercy. Because it is mercy that sets us free from the sins of the flesh. It's mercy that sets us free from impurity of heart. It's mercy that leads us to the purity of heart that will let us see God. And our Lord wants to impart that mercy on each and every one of us. And then what happens next is it says... Jesus goes off, accompanying him were the twelve and some women, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward, and Susanna. St. Gregory the Great says, Mary Magdalene was indeed that woman who entered into the house of the Pharisee. And after encountering our Lord's mercy, she's then called by her name. She's then called by her name because she knows who she is. She's no longer defined by her sin. She knows who she is. And we see this pattern of falling into sin, kind of defining ourselves by our sin, then receiving our Lord's mercy and figuring out who we are. And then we just want to follow him. That is the pattern of the gospel. It's sort of a roadmap for going deeper into our relationship with our Lord who brings us peace and security even in the darkness of our world. And our Lord wants to impart that same mercy on us in our times. Because in our own times, it is impurity of heart that is the biggest obstacle to being rooted in Jesus. It's the biggest obstacle to being rooted in Jesus. David went up on a rooftop. He looked over. He saw Bathsheba bathing. Impurity of heart grabbed a hold of him. What happens today? Somebody pulls out their iPhone. The sin of impurity grabs hold of them. And they forget who they are. Recently, statistics were released from divorce lawyers that said that 53% of American divorces were the result of sins of the flesh. 
53%. And those statistics hold even for us who are faithful Christians, even for us who are faithful Catholics. And our Lord wants to impart his mercy on us. There's not anybody I know, anybody here, who doesn't know somebody who's been affected by those kinds of things. And it's a time for us to be more vigilant about that. To be more vigilant about the media that we consume just on television. The media that's allowed into our homes through our Wi-Fi connections. The media that's allowed into the hands of our children. To be more vigilant about guarding purity of heart. And learning to live in purity of heart. To allow our own sin to be brought into the light so that our Lord can transform it in his mercy. When we go to confession, do we confess our sins completely? No matter what they are, do we confess them completely or do we kind of minimize? Because the sacrament of reconciliation is precisely the place where we walk in a sinner. We walk in kind of not knowing who we are. And we lay out before our Lord, this is everything that I've done. And our Lord says, I absolve you. I love you. Go and sin no more. Even in this moment of darkness in your own life, I have loved you. He extends to us his mercy, which brings about transformation. And we walk out of the confessional with the confidence that we know that we are beloved sons and daughters of the Father. And that's the healing that our Lord wants to bring to all of our lives and all of our families. Because we live in times where we need the example of saints. We need to have families that radiate the love of our Lord to everyone that they encounter. The example of chaste, divorced people who do not remarry but live their life in relationship with our Lord within the church. We need the example of good and holy priests who radiate joy in the way they live out their celibacy because the world needs a light. The world needs saints. And this past week, our Holy Father has elevated the celebration of the feast day of St. Mary Magdalene who we hear about in today's readings. And so what used to be a memorial, which is celebrated with a little less solemnity, is now going to be celebrated as a feast day in order to shine greater light on her 
And there are lots of reasons to do that, because she was the first witness to the resurrection, because she was the first to carry the news of the resurrection. But what better reason than that she was a repentant sinner, that she was someone who was living in darkness and through mercy figured out who she was and began to live in the light of love, that she was somebody who truly knew the meaning of Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Because it was in her conversion that she came to see the face of Christ. And so today, let us pray for our families, and most especially that our Lord will continue to light the fire of our own conversion in our hearts. That we'll have the courage to do whatever it takes to continually strive for purity of heart in our own lives and in our families, that we may see God and reflect him to everyone we encounter.